Hello and welcome to interest.co.nz. I'm Gareth Vaughan and I'm joined by Lewis Graydon, who's the CEO and Managing Director of Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. So given the nature of the business you're in, you, you must have had a, a, a plan in place and been thinking ahead for the potential of a, a global pandemic such as COVID-19. So I'd be really interested to hear what sort of plan you had and perhaps how you've had to adapt that as the COVID-19 situation has developed. Sure. Um, so as a medical device business, we can't allow our customers to run out of stock. So we normally run with a 12 to 14 week pipeline of uh, inventory. So that's the first defence. Second uh, thing we think about is we're a continually growing business. So we don't want to be running our plants at 100% of their capacity. So we generally have a manufacturing capacity as a general rule a couple of years ahead of what we think our growth will be. That's the second thing we do. Um, third thing is that, again, as a business that's continually growing, we have a manufacturing plan that goes out five years. So we almost always have manufacturing equipment on the way, and we make sure that we've got, we build our buildings, our manufacturing buildings in advance, so we make sure we've got the space. Now, for us, um, we started to see the demand out of China um, during January for our hardware. So we actually initiated our crisis management procedure at the end of January, and we started ramping up manufacturing during uh, February. COVID did throw us a couple of curveballs. We've got a well-defined procedure. We've used it before. Uh, we used it during the measles epidemic, was the last time uh, in New Zealand. Um, the curveballs that COVID threw us were um, our setup and our control rooms hadn't really accommodated the control room at the time, hadn't really accommodated the idea of social distancing or two meter spacing. So that was something we had to adapt to. Um, our crisis management plan envisaged um, one work stream managing the crisis, uh, and that's how it started. And in our crisis management plan, we have alternates for all of the roles. Um, within a couple of weeks, we moved to two work streams. To cut a long story short, we ended up with a total of 10 different work streams going, um, all in socially distanced areas. So one thing that really worked for us and enabled us to do that is being in um, large buildings where we had space to set up very large control rooms. You know, we can get 10 or 20 people in them at two metre social distancing. Um, so I'd say that was probably the biggest impact on our pre-prepared and our practice crisis management plan. It was the social distancing and then just uh, for us, the total volume of um, work that we were, we were managing. And I read in your annual report that you actually had um, a sales representative in Hubei province um, who was a former nurse and was able to go to hospitals there and, and help show people how to, to use your products. Um, that must have been some very useful on-the-ground um, information that you were able to get there, I guess, early on. Well, absolutely. And that's what all our salespeople are doing all around the world during the pandemic. Um, we can't just drop at the hospital and um, figure out how to use it. We need to train people on how to use it. We need to help them install it. So um, of our couple of hundred salespeople around the world, more than that, actual salespeople, probably closer towards a thousand, that's what they're doing every day. They're um, in-servicing and training people on how to use the equipment. We had a couple of people in Wuhan during the crisis 
I think that's one thing that helped us respond uh, quickly was that we were getting practically first-hand uh, knowledge of what was happening in Wuhan at the time. And that, that was in January? Yep, that started in January, yep. So you were, you were getting some really good information on, I guess, the impact this virus was having on, on, on people who got it at, a, at an early stage. So you, you knew which, uh, which of your products might be the most useful? Yeah, we absolutely did. And then at the time, we were thinking, gee, the whole world's going to look like Wuhan. It's just a matter of time. And um, you know, one thing we hadn't really accommodated in that thinking was the effectiveness of lockdowns and the way the world's responding. But um, yeah, we certainly saw it firsthand. Mm. And look, just I guess for the, for the layman, what are the key Fisher & Paykel healthcare products that are being used for patients with COVID-19? Sure, so um, we make a humidifier and it goes on these ventilators that you've been hearing about. And um, for these ventilators, they have a tube that goes right down into the lungs. And what our system does is it connects the ventilator to that tube and it makes sure that that gas is at body temperature saturated. So it's at 37 degrees C, 100% relative humidity before it enters the lungs. Um, that's one thing we do with all these ventilators and we're the world's largest supplier of those humidifiers. And all these ventilators you've been reading about, you know, they really need that. Uh, and then the second thing we do is um, a newer therapy it's called nasal high flow. Our system's called OptiFlow. And over the course of the pandemic, um, clinical practice has changed and it started off with using the ventilators as the first choice. Um, and then over time, uh, we've learned that nasal high flow is a very effective way of preventing that uh, ventilator use and getting people uh, uh, better in a much less invasive and much less risky way and in a way that can preserve ICU beds and ventilators for the patients that really, really need them. So we've seen a steady drift in clinical practice towards our nasal high flow therapy. And then once again, we're the world's largest supplier of that nasal high flow therapy. So these are all, we felt quite big responsibilities for our business in that um, we're the world's largest supplier of what are the two primary treatments for COVID. Sorry to interrupt. If you enjoy this content, make sure you subscribe so you do not miss the next one and hit this like button to let me know that you want more information like this. Thank you. Now, you, you manufacture here in Auckland, but also in Mexico, um, and you're a truly global business. So you must have had some challenges with manufacturing and maybe more so supply chain during this period. What, what has emerged in, in those areas and how have you dealt with them? Oh, it's been absolutely massively challenging. Uh, especially through March, April, May, and what kind of started in February. Um, by, the end, by, by about a month ago, our output of hardware was up about fourfold. And that's a steady ramp from about February. And it's all very well um, having manufacturing capacity. But when you're dealing with every single supplier, and um, for those devices you're talking about, around about maybe 1,500 components in each piece of hardware. When you're dealing with all these suppliers and you're trying to say, I want four times, five times, six times the volume I used to have and I want it now, 
that's just that's challenging immediately in and of itself. And then you add on to that, you've got countries going into lockdown and shutting their borders and shutting down the industries that supply these raw components. There's a pretty common trend around the world. They'd go into lockdown, they'd shut down, and then it would take a week or two and it would take government to government intervention sometimes to try and, and uh, get the medical devices and the raw materials for the medical devices flowing through those borders. So it was just, it was amazingly busy and um, that whole supply chain team of ours getting raw materials in, um, those guys worked just massive hours. We allocated a whole, um, whole another group of our R&D people to help them out on that um, effort it was pretty much a 24-7 effort and then the other problem we faced was um, as our supply chain um, has become depleted with air freighting uh, product around the world from New Zealand and from Mexico and as probably everybody knows air freight has well, disappeared at one stage down to one percent of its normal uh, volume so that was also a daily challenge, just getting the products uh, onto planes. Where, where are your key suppliers located? I imagine there's quite a few, and you, you, you noted government-to-government -government sort of interventions. Did you go to the New Zealand government at times and ask them to help you get your supplies? Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. Um, uh, in fact, we're amazingly helpful. Um, New Zealand, um, uh, New Zealand, Trade New Zealand were amazingly helpful. Every time we needed some help, and I say government to government, can we have a letter to get this company back in business so we can get the parts for the medical devices you need to treat COVID? Can we have a letter to get our products straight through the border? They're being held up, getting in, things like that. Uh, both government departments were absolutely amazing and everything that we um, needed, we generally got it from our government. We got it within 24 hours. And, and where were the suppliers located? Oh, look, it's pretty much all around the world. It's pretty, it's pretty much global. Um, China definitely is a big supplier and a big market for us. So it's getting goods in and goods out of China. Um, but all through Europe, US, Asia, it's, it, it, it is global. Yeah. And have you taken on a significant number of staff during this period as well? Yes. Um, that number changes daily um, in direct manufacturing staff. Today, I would guess we'd be up to maybe plus 700 people um, in New Zealand and about plus 500 people in Mexico. So that'd be about plus 1,200 people and that's on a base of what would have been about 2,000. I noticed in your annual report too that some of your Mexican staff actually got COVID-19 um, how, how many of them and, and have they recovered now? Yeah, we track that really closely daily and again that changes, so some rough numbers. I mean, COVID is, um, is running rampant in, around communities in Mexico and our facility in the town of Tijuana is no different. Uh, in terms of positive tests, so what we did for our people, public testing is not available. Tijuana anyway. So for our people, we funded private testing and wherever it was available and possible, we funded private healthcare for our people. Um, I don't know the exact number of positive tests. It would probably be in the 50s. 50-something 50 people in our Mexican plant. Yeah. 
And so it's an ongoing issue, I guess, because as you say, COVID is still, there's still a yep. lot of cases being recorded in Mexico. Yeah, it's still ongoing. Uh, on the other part of your question, of those 50, it'd be somewhere, I think it's 33, 34, something like that, recovered. Yeah, yep. no, it's an ongoing issue, issue, something we have to manage. And then the other thing we do in Mexico is uh, if our people are sick, if they have symptoms, we get them to stay at home. We don't want them at work and uh, we pay them fully to stay at home. And then the other thing we do is our goal was to make our site in Mexico the safest place you could possibly be. And um, we've seen that work really well and that we haven't seen any transmission from person to person on our site over the last few months. What we're seeing has been uh, community acquired. Yeah. Look, I mean, like, like the rest of us, you, you must have been sitting there um, at the end of 2019 thinking ahead to what 2020 might be like and what Fisher and Paykel Healthcare was hoping to achieve in 2020. And obviously, COVID-19 has changed all that in very dramatic ways for you. Um, I mean, what would have 2020 perhaps looked like for you without COVID? Um, well, the way we're thinking of COVID, I mean, as we've talked about, um, our products, uh, frontline treatment for COVID. So what we're doing now with all this increase in manufacturing volume is we're installing a lot of hardware in hospitals all around the world. We would have expected that to happen anyway, it's a bit more slowly. So really we're thinking the impact of COVID on our business is we're pulling forward um, some of the, uh, what we would like anyway. I guess it depends how long COVID goes on for. But, you know, if it goes on for the rest of the year, we'd probably think of it as, um, well, we've just got three or four years ahead. We'll be where we would have been in three or four years' time. And, and I mean, obviously, no one knows how COVID is going to play out from here. But we, what we do know is case numbers around the world are still increasing. Um, so, I mean, how do you see things playing out for Fisher & Paykel Healthcare with COVID from here? You best Look, we don't know either. <laughs> as of today. Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know how it's going to play out either, and we can't predict um, what happens with COVID around the world. I mean, these are all, everything's happening kind of for the first time. Um, and we seem to get news every week that might change your view. Um, so we've kind of said we can't predict what COVID does around the world. We can't predict what COVID does for demand on our products. So what we're going to do is we're just going to continue increasing our manufacturing capacity. Our current plan has us increasing our manufacturing capacity right up to the end of this year. Obviously, we'll assess that regularly. And um, we think that's the socially responsible thing to do, whatever COVID does for us. And uh, if that's not what happens, we'll call that a bonus. And we will have made two or three years worth of manufacturing equipment you know, and installed it within 12 months instead of over three years. That's how we're thinking of it. Look, I mean, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare is a, I mean, it's a great New Zealand success story with the history of the company, obviously starting from within the appliances business many years ago now. Um, you do your research and development in, in New Zealand and obviously you do, the, you know, manufacturing here and manufacturing in Mexico and you're, you're exporting um, high value products which generally aren't too big 
I mean, it, it does seem in this day and age that you have a what is a, a really good business model for New Zealand Inc. going forward. Yeah, I think it is. And um, the funny thing is, if you go back uh, to our founders, Wolf Fisher and Morris Paykel, um, one of the things that attracted them to medical devices was that they were a lot smaller than appliances and they made a lot more sense for an exporting nation and that they were smaller volume. And, you know, that's a very simple thought and it's something that um, has probably played out well over the last, it's 50 years now. And you, you've been at the company for 37 years, I believe. Um, did you ever think, I mean, in the, back in the early days, that you'd be sitting there as the CEO of a company with a share market capitalization of more than $20 billion? I, I didn't even think that a month ago. <laughs> 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 um, there was a point in time where we did think, boy, this company's going to go places. Um, and um, we kind of realized we had a tiger by the tail. But um, I don't think we ever imagined until relatively recently that we would be the most valuable company in New Zealand, that's for sure. I mean, how, and how does it feel to be in that position now? Um, don't feel a heck of a lot different, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we've still got the same, we still work the same way, we still do the same things. Oh, it's, it doesn't feel much different. Look, thanks a lot for that, Lewis. That's Lewis, who's the CEO and Managing Director of Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, and I'm Gareth Vaughan at interest.co.nz. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this content, I appreciate if you leave your honest review on any podcast app. It helps me to improve my next episode or you can simply request any topic for me to research. Do you know any friend that may benefit from this information? Please forward this podcast to them. Otherwise, stay tuned because more good stuff coming soon. Thank you.